TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to do it. It's me. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Sweet. And welcome to the Score North Twins Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. I'm the host of the show. Uh, I'm here with Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore, and unfortunately, not Judd Zulgad. Uh, I woke up this morning at 6.30, and I always, the first thing I do is, is scroll through my Twitter feed. Scroll through Judd's Twitter feed and specifically. I didn't stay up to watch. I think I, well, actually what happened is... Uh, I was watching the Twins game, and I think it was like maybe the seventh inning, and got the kids to bed, and we've been on this Danny McBride TV show kick, so we watched yeah. Righteous Gemstones, we watched uh, Vice, Pre- Vice Principals, and so I talked my wife into watching Eastbound and Down. Oh, wow. Really? And so we She's started never seen East- it before. No. <laughs> and so we started <laughs> Eastbound and Down last night, and... So we watched that from like nine o'clock when the kids were bed till like eleven thirty, and I just then I was so tired I just went to bed. So I wake up this morning, see my Twitter feed. Judd, uh, what do you call it? He went nuclear. I don't know. He did. Yeah. I mean, it was like fifteen rant tweets about Eddie Rosario last night. What inning was this? The eighth. Uh, this inning? was this was in. They were down like two to one, seventh or eighth inning. I think it was the eighth. Two outs in the, up next. Two with, outs yeah, in the eighth. Sano on deck, and. Eddie Rosario hits a ball to right center field and it doesn't run out of the box, like doesn't bust ass out of the box immediately. That happens a lot. Uh, and then gets thrown out at third base, make the th- last third out at third. So I see Royce <laughs> jumps in, you know, like it's not that he didn't run out of the box, it's that he made the third out at third base, which is the right take to have. And like Judd wants Rosario. I mean, he he he. I saw him say, "Find." Okay, I've got the I've got the column here. Okay, <laughs> he wants him. He wants him. Like we've got hot benched take. and find and hot take Judd here. <laughs> and I and and Judd and I will have this discussion on uh, cheap plug the Mackie and Judd with Rami show as well. But Judd said, "Time to send a message on scorenorth.com if you want to read the whole the whole take. Time to send a message. Twins manager needs to bench Eddie Rosario." Rocco Baldelli doesn't have many rules for his players, but the Twins manager will have made a massive mistake if he allows Eddie Rosario anywhere near his starting lineup on Thursday against Kansas City. The Twins outfielder forfeited his right to play for at least a game, if not more, by putting forth an embarrassing lack of effort in the eighth inning of the Twins' 3-1 loss to the White Sox on Wednesday night at Target Field. Uh your thoughts? He didn't. He didn't like throw his bat. He didn't pimp a ball that didn't go out. Like he hit it, and he always when he hits has that little like back step, and then he saw it and he started like run. He wasn't sprinting. He thought it was gone, and then it wasn't. And... By no means was he sprinting, but also like my the, my point of the whole thing is just you, it doesn't matter what you do, just stop at second. Like you can watch it all day. Just you don't. There's no reason for you to go to third base. And that's one of those things like we've talked about him a decent amount because he has the a pension to do that stuff in the outfield too, where he wants to make the throw and he overthrows a cutoff man or he throws wildly because he's overthrowing. Like he wants to make that like heroic play. Yeah. And so you see him getting into second base. I'm sure the throw is already on its way in. And he like tries to go to the next gear. So like he comes out of the box in first gear 
goes all the way to first base. Maybe he shifts into second gear at first, and then he gets around second and shifts into third gear, and it's really not that close at third. Like that's not even one where you're like, oh yeah, make him make a perfect relay. Like some of the ones we've seen at home plate this year where they get thrown out. Um, but just stop at second. You have Miguel Sano who hits balls to the moon. Uh, and you're going to score on a single. You're going to score on any base hit. So you don't need to go to third base. Like that's why you don't make the third out at third base because you don't. It just the same way as the, as the first out. You don't need to be at third base. Yeah. Versus second base when there's nobody out or when there's two outs. It doesn't do you any good. Like a sack fly is not scoring you. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little. I, I'm I'm with you mostly in that the mistake was just stop at second base. I want to play a little devil's advocate and say that. Eddie Rosario loves himself some Eddie Rosario on these deep fly balls. Like everything off the bat for him, his first thought is, "Yeah, I, yeah, I got oh, it. Yeah, for sure, I got that ball." And like, and probably twenty five percent of the time, when and there's seventy five percent of the time, he got it and it's gone. And he's one of the he's been one of their best power hitters for a few years. But what's the harm if you're him? And just like getting out of the box as quick as you can to give yourself a chance if you want to get into third base, like. I think it's a, to me it's a little annoying that this isn't the first time that he thought incorrectly about how far a ball was going to go and either didn't there's been a couple times where he hasn't gotten to second base because he'll hit a, yeah. he'll hit a rocket yep. off the limestone or something yes. and, he'll, and, and he'll pimp it like that's dude. a different issue because you're better off being at second base all the time than yeah. sure, than yeah. first base yes. no matter how many outs are you should always want to get to second base right. that's I get those ones just last night it's just it's not. Like this headline, Adam Engel made Eddie Rosario pay for not hustling out of the box. Like, no, he made him pay for trying to stretch a double into a triple. Right, right. That's what he did. The mistake to me is not knowing the next guy's up, Miguel Sano. You'd rather be, because you're saying there's no difference between second and third, and there's like a tiny, tiny difference, right? If Well, yeah, pass a, ball, a pass I ball guess. wild pitch is it. <laughs> Everything else, yeah, you are scoring from second base yeah. on a little bleeder to the outfield. I mean, if if you have a no doubt stand up triple, yeah, go to third. I mean, sure. obviously that's a better yeah. situation to score a run. You, yeah, you have Here's a slightly you know, larger guys. percent chance. Even but. Rocco Baldelli last night said, "Was it the was it the perfect play in that situation?" Um, I wouldn't say that. And like that's as mean as Rocco Baldelli has been to one of his guys all year long. And Judd's contention, and I and it's uh, go ahead and scorenorth.com if you want to read it. And I'm sure there's people that agree with Judd. Um, Judd's contention is, and I'll just read it. Baldelli did not address in those quotes that you just mentioned. Rosario's complete lack of hustle, but one would think that uh, that that had to bother the Twins manager. Baldelli is signing off on the type of play that could get the Twins a quick ticket out of the postseason. Judd's insinuating that Baldelli is either letting loosey goosey things He's go. That he, he, the inmates are running the asylum. He's that's enabling. what Judd's insinuating. Uh, yeah. with I, I know that's Judd, what he Judd thinks. wasn't at the field last night. Uh, no, he went the two nights before. Where did he, and then I was where did he take night. in the game? I think that's. I think <laughs> that might be relevant here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Judd, but Judd's usually at the games, but I don't know if he was he, at Judd's home or at Bunnies or what he was. He's doing. been to more games than me this year, but this take sounds like it came from a bar stool at Bunnies. Yes, that's in St. Louis Park. <laughs> I wish. Can we get Judd to call in on the phone? I mean, we need. <laughs> actually, you know what? Hold on. Is Judd awake right now? Get Judd up. I'm gonna. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna get Judd on the phone okay. right now. Okay. I want to ask you. Like, okay, it sounds like we both agree. Like, don't agree with the take. Let me expand on my thoughts there. And you you just stop me when we start to disagree. Because I think that Judd has a point that, like, it's different in October. But I guess I have a problem with 
comparing or drawing an exact straight line from September 18th against the White Sox at home in a division that's already wrapped up, when your teammates are all bumped and bruised and you're basically just trying to stay healthy, that's a different... If he doesn't hustle in Yankee Stadium, like that's a problem. That's Manny Machado territory. But if he doesn't hustle on September 18th against the White Sox, Glenn, I don't have a problem with I, it. I really don't care. Okay. I like at all. Um, and, and like, you know, you want to look at it like, that. okay, well, they're trying to win every game. Every They need to do everything perfect. Like, they they backed up their best starting pitcher on Sunday. The manager did. That's right. It's right. And said, we, we don't need to win. This game isn't as important as that's, giving him an extra day. If you're going to call so, him an enabler, that's the enabling. Right. Like, so his, Rocco Baldelli's view is, we have a good grasp on this division. We don't need our guy pitching on Sunday against the Indians. We're just going to try to win that game with a with a scrabble of bullpen guys. If it works, it works. And if yes. And so but we're going to just give him an extra day. So then you're not going to like then you're just now you're going to like take a hard line on a guy like pseudo running out of the box. Okay, let me ask you too cuz this shifted during your career, I think. When you came up, what was it 2006 was your debut? I think pretty much universally agreed Respect goes on the guy who busts his ass out of the box. Yeah. You know, little ground ball to shortstop, and he puts his head down and he just goes. I mean, Jake Cave does this a lot, and I, I respect him for it. I'm not making fun of that. But it feels like in 2019, Glenn, there are a lot of teams and a lot of players who are saying, ah, for the one ground ball I'm going to beat out out of a thousand, it's not worth straining my hamstring twice. So Luis Arise grounds out to the pitcher last night, I think, later on in the game. Okay. The pitcher, second base, an easy. I think it was the pitcher, and he carried his bat to first base. Okay, and like I noticed that, but I'm like, you know what? He ground out the pitcher, like he kind of jogged, like the pitcher fielded the ball. He's gonna flip it to first base, like you're out. Yeah, like you don't need to like chuck your bat down and like burn rubber to first base, like a cloud of dust. So and, like that's coming from a guy that's yeah, he's played really well, but he's only been up here for a couple months. I had like I I, I noticed it because it's just unusual to see. Sure. But it's a situation where, like, who, like, you don't need, yeah, you don't need to put Robbie your head Cano down and does like, that, and yeah. he gets made fun of for it. Yeah, and I watch him do it, and I'm like, good. I don't want him to spend any time on the aisle because he tried to bust out a ground right. ball. Right, and I, so I want to know, like, like on White's NBCS White Sox Twitter, did they say anything about Luis Arise carrying his bat to first base on a ground out to the pitcher? Probably no, not. I don't think they did. Well, so what? What are the things that, uh, like, what are the things that? Okay, we're, you're you're okay, I'm, and I'm okay with with listen. If you tap one back to the pitcher, just like don't pop a hammy. I'm good with that. Like, what are some? What where's that line among players and managers? Where all right, dude. Okay, like you didn't get to second on what well, should have been a double. That's got to be one, right? Well, yeah, I I think that like <laughs> Yasiel Puig uh, when they were when the Indians were here last time and he didn't even make it. To the space in between home plate and first base on a ground ball back to the pitcher. Yes. Like, yeah, he just turned around and went to the dugout. He didn't leave the batter's box. <laughs> and then he just walked back toward the dugout, like with his back turned to the field. Like that, you probably don't want to do that. Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it, if Eddie Rosario pulled up at second base and didn't try to stretch it into a triple, nobody says anything. Yep. It's not even, and so like, that kind of tells you like w- how meaningful or meaningless it is. I was kind of m- mad at it because of what Phil's saying in that like Eddie Rosario doesn't always make the smart play on either side. And, okay, that's kind of just who he is. So when Judd's texting me about this, like, we got to light him up, 
I'm thinking like, no, like this is this doesn't change anything that I think about Eddie Rosario. The problem that I had with it, and we said it a million times, is don't try to go to third base. It's a one run ball game, and Miguel Sano, the third best hitter in your lineup, is up next. Let him hit. Let him try to get something either over the fence or out to the outfield, and you're scoring anyways. My problem was in the lack of awareness, not in the lack of hustle out of the box. Yeah, and there's no there's no uproar. There's no I you know anything what I, if he stops at second base. Nobody's saying, oh, he should have been on third, but he didn't hustle out of the box. Where it was going to end for me is I was going to ask Rocco about it. I was going to talk to Rosario if he was by his locker in the clubhouse after, and like... Unless I got some kind of answer that was inflammatory or just completely I didn't agree with and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just gonna leave it. Like it's a note in a in a column. Yeah. But I would add this too, because I think the insinuation that listen, like inmates running the asylum here, you can't get away with that type of behavior. Is Rocco Baldelli willing to say what's needed in a moment, right, and and lay the hammer down, or is he too laid back? And I would zoom out. I'm gonna zoom out to thirty, forty, fifty thousand feet here for a second. Rocco Baldelli has helped manage this team to a 100-plus win pace. And I'm going to trust his ability to survey the landscape and decide when it's time to lay the hammer down and when it's time to just, like, not pick a fight that's not worth picking, right? Whatever decision he makes on this, which is probably going to be no decision, like, he probably going to talk to Rosario about it. No! He's going to make the right decision. Like, I, I, I definitely trust that he's aware of... What other people think, what uh, on the team? I'm, I mean, yes, um, and which and is how really they feel, the, and all like, that matters. Yeah, and what we think I, doesn't I, matter. I really, don't think anybody cares. Are we gonna be able to get Judd, or is that gonna be a no fly this morning? Uh, he'll probably call during the show at okay. some point. Okay, is because my guess. I, I, I don't, think he's in his car right now. I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, this is like criticizing somebody behind their back without the ability to respond. I want him to be able to respond um, before I say this, but here we are, Nelson Cruz is not going to not try hard tomorrow because Eddie Rosario's in the lineup a day after not running out of triple. But there you know there there are in terms of Mitch Garver's not going to change his approach at the plate to hit bombas to left field because Rosario is in the lineup the day after violating baseball's rules. The only like the only thing I would if you're a manager in this spot if the clubhouse thinks that Eddie and I'm I'm making this up out of whole cloth. If the clubhouse thinks that Eddie Rosario, man, that dude gets away with some stuff and like that's the type of stuff that if if the clubhouse feels like you know this is a problem, and it's brought to the attention of Rocco Baldelli, and then there's not a conversation. Like that's the only way I could see that if Nelson Cruz and Max Kepler and a bunch of dudes go up to Baldelli and they're like, hey, like this is our- enough. Yeah, hold on one second. Hold on, hold on, hold oh, on a this second. Is perfect. Judd, hold on a second. Judd, are you there? I just. Got your message. Okay, yes, we are we are live on the Scorner Twin Show with Glenn Perkins right now. Glenn Perkins, the floor is yours. The floor is mine. I so I. <laughs> morning, I wish Jen. you could have heard the whole story, uh, but the, the essence of it is I went to bed before the game ended last night. I went to I, well, I stopped paying attention to the game and to my phone in the seventh <laughs> inning, and woke up to a string of of uh, texts from or tweets from at uh, Judd Zolgad. And yes, um, mostly I just wanted to check on your well-being. Are you okay? Uh, you know what? I was great until the eighth last night when uh, when when uh, the Chicago uh, sports channel that carried the White Sox game decided to show Rosario watching that ball fly through the air and standing there. 
and then deciding, oh, it's not going to go out. I think I should start running. <laughs> then I was not okay. Then I was agitated, irritated. I, I gathered that. Right there. I, I gathered that. game right there. I'm trying to get, you know, I, is it too much to ask for a little hustle these days, Perk? Is it too much? <laughs> no, it's not. But would you, would you have been this upset if he stopped at second? No, uh, you know what? No. No, because he compounded he compounded the dumbness. Yeah. Right? So no, I, I would have if he had stopped at second, I would have said, Well, he should be at third, but at least he stopped at second. No, it was what got me was he watched the ball, he then takes off, he then compounds it and gets thrown out, out at third, which which if he had been hustling was questionable. Uh, so no, I would not have been as upset if he had just stopped at second base. Are you as upset right now as you were last night? Oh, probably not. <laughs> I'd probably calm down. I'm, if I was a nine last night, Perk, I'd say I'm at about probably a six right now. You so were no, a I, nine? I can't be. Do, do you regret? I would have guessed it was a nine. Ju- judging by what I saw this morning at 6.30 when I woke up, I would have guessed you Judd, had all Judd, of a nine. we were texting last night, and you didn't tell me you were a nine. I would have tried to help calm you down, buddy. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was severely agitated. I'm telling you guys, here's what bugs me as we get closer to the playoffs. Things that cost you playoff games. That's the type of thing that will cost you a playoff game. That annoys me. I will give you that. That is something I could see him doing in the like that. That in particular won't change in the playoffs. If anything, he's gonna. He might even pimp it a little more, and then and then get thrown out by even more at third base. Here's what I would do. In retrospect, if you don't bench him, if I'm the Twins, if I'm Rocco and Thad and and Derek today, I go to at. Eddie and say we're not going to bench you, but here here's the deal: you're paying for all the champagne that we're going to spray when we win the American League Central because we're finding you so much we can buy good champagne on that fine. I don't think that fine would get uh, too far down the pipeline with the with the players' union. <laughs> it would, but it's really fun to do. <laughs> and Judd, by the way, a day off in Kansas City might not be a punishment. Um, or yeah, against Kansas true. City. But 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 man, I just seriously, there's stuff that he does sometimes that because that, he's going to have to play in the playoffs. And Perk's right though, like that translates to him him doing the same type of thing in let's say you know game two of the ALDS potentially at Yankee Stadium, and that could cost you a game right there. But but admit it, do you regret writing the words verbatim in your column on Scornart.com? Eddie Rosario should be kicked out of baseball and waterboarded. <laughs> Uh, waterboard was too strong. <laughs> I feel bad for the second part, but the first part, Phil, I think I was dead on. Okay, okay, just checking. You gotta have right. a, a line editor that'll catch stuff and save you from things like that. All right, we're gonna say we're gonna say goodbye to Judd, and you'll be able to hear bye, plenty Judd. of Judd on on Ventline and on Mackie and Chubbarami. All right, see you, Judd. Bye, Judd. See you. Bye. Right. Bye. Um, how how can you tell? Okay, I feel more. better after getting him. That's. We're not just making fun of him with no recourse. He's he's in on the joke now. Uh, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, here, here's my last question on this. All right. How can you tell? Because I think again, the the tone of his take is that I this this is not the right way to manage. How can you tell if a manager is good or not at his job? Like, how can you? Because like fans see bullpen moves and lineup cards, but I I, I have always con- contended that. Really, a manager's job is more like set up an environment for eight months, spring training and regular season, where guys can be as good as they possibly can be, whatever that means, right? It's way less about... Yeah, there, and there's just no way to quantify that. 
like I've always said that managers fit somewhere in between the um, success or failure of a team. That it, when the team's bad, it's probably not entirely the manager's fault. Like, is Ron Gardenhire like that bad of a manager that he couldn't manage the Tigers to a 500 record? No, they're an atrocious baseball team. You know, and, and then, trying to be. And then when teams are good, it's usually just like I mean, like Joe. I I, I would say for me, and I know Joe Torre a little bit. That he might have been one of the exceptions because what he did so well was manage that group of egos. Now, was he, the, I mean, he had a, a lineup full of all stars and Hall of Famers. So, like, it didn't matter who was running that team. They were probably going to win. But what he's able to do, and I saw it firsthand at the World Baseball Classic, was manage a bunch of really, really good baseball players. But again, I don't think that you, you always fall somewhere in between. Like, managers, I mean, I brought this up. For a second on on Monday when I talked to you guys, yeah, um, that the difference between an idea like the absolute ideal lineup and just picking names out of a hat is like a win or two on a season. So that's just formula. So the managers basically have no impact on a team by filling out a lineup and spending hours after a game trying to figure out a lineup. Like you know, it's it really is creating an environment to get the most out of your players. Now the Twins have done that this year. Is that Rocco? Is that you know, is that Derek and Thad it, with all the, the support staff that they've hired, all those things? Like, there's so many things that go into it beyond it's it's Max Kepler having a career year, Jorge Polanco having a career year, Eddie Rosario having a career year, Miguel Sano leading baseball or up right at the top of the leaderboard in, in, in home runs since he came back. Like, Nelson Cruz continuing to be ageless at 39. Like, there's so many other things that, like, I mean that I I love Rocco and I love what he's done, but I it, 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 you're you're foolish if you think that that's all you, you credit him for all that, and he wouldn't take credit for that stuff. Yeah. So you can't figure. You, there's no way to quantify that stuff. So if if lineups and the way you order them and everything are worth like a couple wins over the course of a season, how many wins over a six month season is it for choosing which guys to bench for not hustling out of the box? <laughs> like. Five or six. Five or six. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, so they need seven big. from here to the end. Pretty assuming big. the Indians aren't going to lose again. So maybe it's worth seven wins. Pretty if, big. If you bench Eddie Rosario, does it actually increase your win probability for the rest of the season? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that I've gotten my jokes out, I have Think a serious it. question. And it's kind of just a, a, a maybe it's a rapid fire lightning round. Um, Rocco Baldelli, I think good manager. Also, to Glenn's point, very talented team that they have here now. Um, could could Phil Mackey, Glenn, win, say, 90 games with this collection? Yeah. As, okay. Like me as the manager? Yes, you in Rocco's seat, having having never done any of this stuff before and whatever, but like knowing baseball enough that you're not going to put like I watch know, baseball on, on the mound. So I watch baseball on TV. And you've had a fantasy team for, I don't know. Yeah, I play, I play fantasy baseball and know like the top twenty five prospects. <laughs> so could you, could he win ninety games just by like n- kind of knowing what's going on? I yeah, I mean I th- I think so. And this isn't a criticism it's, of Rocco. No, I'm just I know it's exploring it's, 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 a tough, space. it's a tough question to answer. And like I said, like managers always fall somewhere in the middle. I do think that he, and again, you can't quantify it. I do think he's gotten more out of this team. Like what the, I think the the biggest it, example is is Mitch Garver. Okay. What he's gotten out of Mitch Garver this year and refusing, like, I cannot imagine how hard it's been for him to not want Mitch Garver in that lineup, like, five days a week. And to resist that temptation to know that the sum of what I'm doing here is going to be greater than, 
getting more out of him. Like, this is the way that I and we think we're going to get the most. Those are the decisions that managers have to make that you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your plan. And so those are things that I, I, I think, like, would be hard for a guy that has never... I mean, and, and there's I, there's a lot of other things, because you see a lot of young managers. And Rocco's had his lumps with managing the bullpen this year. That That's a hard thing to do, with, especially with a rookie pitching coach and a rookie manager. Um, you know, so those those are things where I think having a grasp of being around the game helps you, where I, I don't think you could pull somebody off the street and, like, now Phil's a little more in tune to baseball than random guy walking down University Avenue right now. But, you know, I, I, I feel like saying yes takes a lot away from what they've accomplished this year. Sure. Uh, while also saying that I, I I think that the team is super-duper-duper talented, and if they had somebody else in charge, they would still be super-duper-duper talented. I just want to wear a baseball uniform to work. That's all I really want. <laughs> you, nobody's stopping you. Yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. Yeah. Why, why don't I wear you a baseball You set the dress uniform? code around here, don't you? <laughs> that's true. Starting Going forward, we all wear baseball <laughs> uniforms. Everybody on the Scornor Twin Show. Uh, all right, let's come back. It's the Scornor Twin Show Glenn Perkins on baseball, and again, if you're new or you're not aware, this is a five-day-a-week twin show. Glenn's episode is on Thursday, and we're rolling five days a week until the Twins' bomba bus either crashes or pulls into the World Series victory circle. Um, and you can find it on demand on Apple or Spotify or the Score North mobile app is a great place to listen live on demand and also to read stuff from Derek Wetmore, Judd Zolgad's takes, uh, Matthew Collar, and Danny Cunningham. So, uh Let's come back. I know that we've had Brian Kenny's been on. Jason, there's national buzz about the Twins. ESPN's Pedro Gomez just did a big profile on uh, on five guys hitting 30 bombas. So let's kind of dive into some of the national perspectives of this team when we come back. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know it goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, welcome back. It's the Score North Twin Show. Glenn Perkins on baseball. We ask you if you enjoy this five-day-a-week Score North Twin Show. Um, to give us a five-star review anywhere you listen, Apple, Spotify, it really helps spread the word. We just found out that when you search Twins Podcast on most Google pages that we are the number one show that, that pops up, and that's awesome. So thank you for uh, setting a download record for us last month. It's great. Reviews help. Telling a friend might help more. Yes. Tell your Twins fans' friends that we do a fun show five days a week. We'd appreciate that, yes. too. So uh, Glenn Perkins is actually going to produce this next soundbite. This is the first time that we have put Glenn Perkins in the producer chair. You ready, Glenn? If you could, you know Brian Kenny from MLB. I do know Brian Kenny, yes. So he was on the Scorner Twin Show a couple days ago, and he had this to say about the Twins' chances. I think um, with their incredible offensive performance, they've forced their way into the super team conversation. You know, through the season, uh, there's been a few different tiers that have developed. And at the very top, it's where it's the Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers. You know, the Braves have gotten, you know, quite good. 
But I think the Twins have kind of elevated themselves because anytime you put up, and I did this yesterday on MLB Now, anytime you do a comparison of the teams, uh, if you're doing it offensively at the very least, the Twins are in that conversation. They're in there with the metrics and everything they're doing. So while their win total is slightly below, I think they sort of belong. I think nationally people do feel they're still like a tier below only because those top three teams are going to be in that 104-win area, and they have truly been so dominant. What do you think, Len? Yeah, I mean, that's hard to disagree with. Um, I think even a couple weeks ago when you guys were in Orlando or wherever you were, Florida, doing uh, the, the podcast thing, Judd and I ranked the teams, and I think we both put the Twins just outside that top three. Um, and that makes sense. Now, you know, I, I like, like I've said, I like them in a series against the Yankees. So it's hard to say that they, that they should be different than the Yankees. Like, ranked differently, I think they're pretty even. Like, they, they seem to be very similar teams with home runs and suspect pitching. The Twins bullpen has been, I think, better over the, the last month or so than even the Yankees has. Severino coming back is a major wild card. For the Yankees, the it fact is. that the fact that he just like they they may have just added one of the best pitchers in baseball because he's been injured all season. But who knows what? Who knows? Yeah, that's a tough. I mean, that's a tough jump to make from missing all year to like pitching twice and then pitching in the playoffs. Yeah, you know that's that's a. I, I mean, he's he'll probably factor in, but at the same time, two years ago with not close to the offense, the Twins jumped on him and scored three runs in the first inning yeah, and knocked him out. Him. So. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the Twins handle velocity as well as anybody in baseball. I think they're up there in in hitting off velocity. I don't have the data in front of me, but they have a bunch of guys who are not afraid of ninety nine. Yeah, and so I mean that yeah, he's good. Don't get me wrong; like that's an upgrade over CC Sabathia or whoever. But um, I, yeah, I think they're just they're just outside. Like the 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 Dodgers and the Astros, I feel like are kind of one A and one B. And then the Twins and Yankees maybe are two A and two B. Yeah, uh, and and hmm. and you know you could you could look at it too. Then the, the drop from the drop from the Twins to the fifth team is a hell of a lot further than the drop from any of those three teams to the Twins. I would say. Yeah. Like I think what whoever and maybe that maybe the Braves are pretty close, but they do it in a different way. Um, you know, and so like they're that's the thing and like. It's almost it's almost a little bit like the Joe Maurer thing that everybody else thought he was way better than people in Minnesota. And I think that like the national perception of the Twins is that they're a little better because Minnesotans are always waiting for something to, bad to yeah, happen. Yeah. Um, you know, eternal pessimists. And you, when you see a team every day, you don't realize how good maybe they are. You get really hung up on well Trevor May gave up a home run. Or oh, there you know you get hung up on the little things, and and was it annoying the other night that Trevor May, you know, had to hit a speed bump like that against the White Sox? Yeah, but again, zoom out. Last five weeks, the Twins have the third or fourth best bullpen ERA in the game, and Tyler Duffy has become this untouchable late inning reliever, and Taylor Rogers is being Taylor Rogers, and so I think. When you've got, I think you nailed it. When you've got this crippling Minnesota sports feeling in the back of your head, like, oh man, uh, Yankees, or just when's the other shoe going to drop? And you're looking at 
you're mostly instead of looking at the 90% good, you're hyper analyzing the 10% bad, which by the way, like for the Tigers, that 10% bad for you is their 90%. Yeah, you know? well, and, and like they, the whole Yankees thing still gets me. Like, it, it's tough to go and play there, and it's a different atmosphere. It's a different environment. It's a tough stadium to play in. But like, I was just, I just read this morning there was a, an article about CC Sabathia, and I think he pitched. He's he's been on and off the deal with his knees and that. He's retiring after the year, and they said uh, he's one of two guys. So it must be him and Brett Gardner, I'd say, that are still there from when they won the World Series, and so like they're not the same. Team, so like that whole like oh they're you know the the they they've beat the Twins twelve straight in the playoffs. It's like yeah, well that that organization did, but not those players. And so that's I think again something that you would look from look at from the outside looking in, being like you know yeah that that you you erase you erase the uniforms and look at what the teams have done, and that's what Brian Kenny was saying is that they stack up. Pretty darn well, especially offensively with those with the metrics that they're as good for sure offensively as, as any team in baseball. And that's again something that we, we had talked about on Monday was that the reliance on home runs and how valuable that is in the playoffs. You know, and I heard the other night Dick Bremer talking about it during one of the broadcasts that you know Verlander gives up a lot of home runs, but you're gonna have to find ways to score runs. And it's like, no, you don't. Like you have your way to score runs, and that way is more valuable in the playoffs than it is during the regular season. And so when you're facing those guys that need to do, that's how we've talked about it before. That's how they beat Verlander in in Houston when Adrianza hits a home run. They beat him one nothing. Yeah, like th- that's how you're gonna you're you're not gonna win. And I say I've said it a couple times that it's a race to six, and I think st- I still think it is because I think that the Twins are going to score runs, they're going to break that mold of like less scoring, and they're also going to give up more because they just don't quite have the same pitching, especially at the front end of the game. And so runs are going to be at somewhat of a premium, and they're really good at scoring runs in ways that are valuable in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Like it's get that, maybe you draw a walk, maybe you do get that one hit, but you don't need... You don't need the one hit, then another hit, then another hit. And that you was need the, that one was hit and a home run. The last time, well, 2010 Twins had some had some pop, Jim Tomey, but I feel like the approach that the 2003, four, and 2009 Twins when they were getting completely wiped off. Oh six was another one. Oh six was six. Uh, that was A's. Yeah. Oh, you're just talking about against the Yankees. The Yankees. Well, oh. let's, but let's go. The I think A's it's just two. playoffs in general. Is that. They relied on getting yes. They they relied on scoring four runs on twelve hits yes. in a game, hundred percent. And and this team can score five runs on. I mean, they they were look at the game the first night against the White Sox. When I stopped watching, it was five five. The Twins had I think six hits, and the White Sox had five 12. runs on yeah. six hits. Yes. <laughs> so like that, like when you face Justin Verlander for six or seven innings, like you're probably only going to get two or three hits. It's a great way to put it. Better to have those be home runs, or a better chance of them being home runs. That's where they become more valuable. You don't want you don't want Luis Arise to hit a single, and then Eddie Rosario to hit a ball off the wall that should have been a double that is only a single, <laughs> and have first and third, and then that's all the hits you get for that. But like you know, you what, want though? those to be home runs. If you really want, if you wanted to throw a major lineup curveball. At the teams you're going to face in the playoffs, what if your number two hitter was a get him over guy? <laughs> get him on, get him over. Do they Come even on, have a get him over guy. Like yeah, well, Ter- 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 awesome. stick your elbow up. Ter- Ter- you know what's awesome is <laughs> Roger like, Dorn. I know a rise hit. I think he hit leadoff last night yeah. or the night before, or whatever. But he's the dude's hitting 350, 
And he's batting typically like he's batted fourth a couple times, like in weird lineups, but like fifth, sixth. You see him there a lot. Like past managers, no doubt would have him batting second, probably behind yes. Kepler or Polanco or or Garver. Like you'd put him just right in the two. Garver can't lead off. He's a catcher, uh, right? But Glenn. that's the amazing thing is like, oh, you're seeing a lefty. Like we don't have our like speed leadoff guy. We're putting our catcher there. Yeah, yeah. We're putting our catcher because he's our best on base guy. And, like, and and if he gets a fifth that if he if we want him to roll around and have the fifth at bat in the ninth inning with the game on the line. Yeah, when yeah, when he's hitting a homer one every nine at bats, like <laughs> you, you double you just doubled your chances that he hits a home run. Yes. He uh so he is one of five twins guys, you knew this already. Five twins with thirty or more home runs. No major league team has done that ever. Did you know that the twins are actually, I'll put this out there, prediction for you guys. Tonight the twins are breaking a twins franchise record with offense. They have never scored more runs than they are going to score after they put one across the plate tonight. They, they, yeah, the, the team that they tied did it in 154, I believe, right? Um, so actually, a couple things off of this. The 96 Twins scored 877 oh, so runs. Been, yeah. But the, the all time franchise record is the Senators, 1930. Joe Cronin led Washington Senators. The problem with the 96 Twins is that they, they scored, what, how many? 877. They gave up 1,574. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was 3,574, yeah. yes. They had a negative run differential with the franchise record they prob- for They might have set a franchise record for negative run differential that year. <laughs> Dude, the, the 90s Twins, too, like the, so we're talking about five Twins players with 30 or more home runs. There was a year in the middle of the steroid era where the Twins didn't even have a 20 home run guy. It's well, amazing. I saw an, I saw another another tweet that in 1989 there was four guys in the American League that hit more than 30 home runs. The entire American League, yeah, what? in 1989, yeah, oh my, in gosh. the whole American League, um, and like two of them were on the the A's, probably. And like I don't, I mean, injuries are part of the game and all that. CJ Crone would have hit 30 easy. Yeah, yes. I mean, Without he's at thumb. what 20, 20 24, 24. Yeah, 24. He, could, he actually, well, he's not going to play scope, enough. Scope. I mean, like you know, Luis Arise came up, sort of raking. Scope doesn't play as much. Like they had the chance, to, like if, you know, Byron Buxton, if he didn't, like he's a thirty homer power guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they they missed out on. Uh, then again, Sano comes up in May sixteenth and it's has thirty home runs since thirty in thirty, 30 days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, when we come back here, you're going to have to settle a fight. That I think is brewing between oh, yeah. Derek and myself when it comes to the Twins' playoff rotation strategy. This is he why mocked me in an email last this night. This is why we weren't speaking when you walked into the studio today. <laughs> <laughs> We're both in our computers. I think I'm on Derek's side on this one. Oh, you know what it is. So, okay, all right. Okay, all right. We'll uh, we'll get to it next. No, I'm just guessing I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Maggie's just a doofus. Uh, the Scorno Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on baseball. Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and ScoreNorth.com. All right, time for a Score North download. It is powered by Modest Brewing Company, and it's a reminder we've got Score North Live coming up here at the top of the hour after the Glenn Perkins on Baseball show is done, and then Purple Daily with Matthew Collar from 2 to 4 this afternoon, and then uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami from 4 to 6 course we got the beer show coming up at six o'clock as well so lots and lots of good programming the rest of this afternoon and into the evening here at score north so be sure to check it out uh live on am 1500 scorenorth.com and the score north mobile app if you're going to a twins game check out modest brewing located only two blocks from from the target field station 
Modest is known for serving a wide variety of one-of-a-kind, super drinkable craft beers. For the local, uh, for the full menu of craft beers, go to modestbrewing.com. That is your score enough download. Now back to Glenn Perkins on baseball. This copyrighted show is presented by authority of the Office of Score North. It may not be reproduced or retransmitted in any form, and the accounts and descriptions of this show may not be disseminated without express written consent of Score North. Thank you, Glenn. Nice job. Nice job over there. Getting the hang of it. Now we can sue people if they yep. share the show without express written consent. That's actually our business model. <laughs> Can't just big enough. The Score North Twin Show, looking to litigate. To go after somebody. <laughs> Uh, so, all right. I, it, it's funny. I don't think you and I, Derek, have ever actually talked about my theory on what the twins should do here. I heard about it secondhand, and uh, I've got a bone to pick with you. Uh, Mike Mike Rand had a similar theory, if not the exact same theory, but he posted his like two or three days after Doogie and I came up with this on the Scoop podcast a week and a half ago on um, the twins. Was that rotation some strategy for, for Rand? Yeah, I'm oh. casting some shade on Mike Rand right okay. now. Right. Yeah, that's right. Be 48 hours earlier on your take. Okay, you know. Um, well, you're setting yourself up. I like Mike Random. Well, we owe him. Lavelle went on his on that podcast, and apparently, I didn't listen to it, but he blew me up for something. Who, who Rand did? No, Lavelle. Oh. And I have no idea. The only thing I can think of is that I saw Lavelle at the field, and I said, the Bears stink. <laughs> he would be offended by that. Because yeah. that was right after that Thursday game that they they stunk. Yeah, he'd be, And so he'd I told him that. that. I did kind of like kick him in the, the hip a little bit and said, the Bears stink. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I didn't listen to the podcast. We'll need some spies to help us out. On this yeah. One. yeah. So so here's here's my theory. Uh, Derek seems to disagree. So Glenn, you can you can moderate this. Um, I think the Twins have two trustworthy actual starting pitchers for a playoff rotation right now. I put Jose Barrios in that category, and I put Jake Odorizzi in that category. The other guys. Could start a game, but when I when I think of a guy who's going to start and and I'm going to ride him for like five, six, seven innings until his pitch count gets too high or until he runs into trouble, Barrios and, and Jake Odorizzi are those two guys. So I I definitely am looking to bullpen a game, if not maybe bullpen two different games because you play you have to play four ALDS games in five days. So unless you want to bring a guy back on short rest, um, which I wouldn't do with Barrios, so I would. Start Jose Barrios in Game 1, let's say at Yankee Stadium. Let's just say this is their play in the Yankees. At Yankee Stadium. I would bullpen Game 2. However however that looks, we can figure that out. Whether you're starting a Devin Smeltzer or a Perez for an inning, or maybe you're going to come out of the gate with Duffy, whatever that looks like. I am bullpenning Game 2 at Yankee Stadium because I get an off day on that third day for everyone to, to rest back up. And then Jake Odorizzi starts Game 3 at Target Field for two specific reasons. Number one, he's better at home than away. But more importantly, zero starting pitchers have a higher fly ball rate than Jake Odorizzi. He is the most extreme fly ball starting pitcher in all of baseball. I don't want, if I have a choice between pitching him at Target Field or Yankee Stadium, I'm pitching him at Target Field. That's my theory. Fight me. Fight him, Derek. So I don't like it. Um, I specifically don't like the bullpen day on the second game because you're going to start Brios at Yankee Stadium. He's going to get you 18 outs or whatever you hope. And then you're going to Duffy, Romo, Rogers, minimum. 
I would think. I would think. I mean, unless he's well, just cruising. Okay, I'll put a asterisk in. If you have to use all your relievers in game one, then... Of course you do. Then, this, it's the Yankees. Like, to me, I'm going everything at the wall to win game one. Because if I win game one, I can split there. I can come back home basically having taken home field advantage from them. I like my chances better than if I have to go win three in a row, right? So you don't want to get down 0-2. That's obvious. But I feel like you're saying that you can't pitch relievers back-to-back games then. That have you, you seen Taylor Rogers back-to-back numbers? They're terrible. But you, I would okay, rather, but, but he's going to have to pitch back-to-back probably, in the playoffs. Probably. So it's, it's something that you have to I'd, address at some I'd, point. I'd cut it down as much as I can. So like the spirit of what you're saying, I don't disagree with. But I wouldn't go game two because you're going to have to use your horses in game one. Or you're hoping to use your horses in game one. Um. And then you get the off day. That's great. So you come back to target field. I The fly ball thing I get concerns me a little bit. But Jake Odorizzi also got lit up by the Yankees at target field. He, just pitched, this well. Year. he pitched well in Yankee Stadium. Did he not? I don't remember the Yankee Stadium start. But those are even smaller, sam- but those are even smaller are. sample sizes. Yeah, than that's right. Right. That's Here's right. the thing. Here's that's the right. thing. Is, is I, don't, I don't disagree, Phil. Um I think you guys. I think you guys are all. All three of us really are are on the same page. Maybe just in a different spot on the page. Here's where I think we might split. Would you start Martin Perez? Because yes. I would. So that. So I, when I, I would when not. we when I we talked not. about it on Monday, I said I, I can see them doing a bullpen sort of a thing, but they're not starting Devin Smeltzer or Randy Dobnak or anything like that. They're not doing that. I don't even know if those guys make the playoff roster. Let let alone uh, are gonna. Bullpen a game yeah. like that in Yankee Stadium. I, I am I am not letting Martin Perez face the first four hitters in that Yankees lineup. I okay. would I would st- I would start if Mar- if I'm going to use Martin Perez. If I say this is the day that Martin Perez pitches two or three innings, fingers crossed. I'm running out one of my I'm running out Tyler Duffy to start that game before I'm running out Martin Perez to start that game. That's just I mean. I could see that. They, I, I'm not a manager, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> you, you do own a fantasy yeah. baseball team, so <laughs> Th- there are there are a number of ways you could go about it. But like Brian Kenny talks about bullpenning, a la the 2017 Yankees, what they did to the Twins. To yeah, that's from, a little bit different. Bullpen. They had more horses. Yeah. Like that's to me where I I fall short on this. They were able to run eight innings, eight plus innings, eight right. and a third. Yeah, that's right. Shutout. <laughs> yes. Of you all guys throwing 97. Go get three outs, you go get five outs, you go get six outs, you go get three outs. The Twins don't have that lineup. They have like four guys that I really like. Four guys. And then maybe Gratterall becomes something. We're getting yeah. a little ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, I, I mean, and and like if you, you, if you wanted to figure out what they're going to do, you'd have to, the first thing you would have to do is make a playoff roster. Because like Devin Smeltzer... I guess it's there's going to be a second lefty, so it's either him or Lewis Thorpe. Who do you trust more? So now I guess maybe names. That's just semantics. Like it can, you're just saying a bullpen guy to start that game. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who who are the first four guys in the Yankee lineup? Like who's even healthy? Well, well, uh, Stanton came back. So I, let me let me pull up their most recent because they are they are trying to they are still they're putting out lineups that Didi Gregorius they hope are is formidable. like seventeen for fifteen with. 
19 home runs off the Twins this year. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. Like, there's really no, there's really nothing you right. can, we're not going to solve this Rubik's Cube and say, like, oh, yeah, that, there's that the right secret. There. Here you go, Twins. I, just, I, I, like, the I like them running all of those guys out and, and for every one of them. It's not, I don't even think they look to get 18 ounce from Jose Barrios. Maybe that's okay. their best case okay. scenario. So they're running out. I think out, they look, just, they tell these guys, all of these guys, go out there, give it, and they've been doing this for the last couple of weeks. Cut it loose. Yep. Go out there and get, don't worry about five, six, seven innings. Go out there, give it everything you've got for as long as you can. When we decide that you're out of gas, we're going to get you out of there. Yep, cut so it loose. Their lineup last night in a 3-2 loss to the Angels was DJ LeMahieu, who's MVP candidate, 900 OPS and is hitting 330. Aaron Judge, batting second. Uh, Gliber Torres, who also has about a 900 OPS, batting third. D.D. Gregorius batting fourth. And Giancarlo Stanton batting fifth. Now the lineup doesn't exactly get easy on the back half, but right. you're, you know then maybe you face a Brett Gardner or uh, like this uh, uh, this Voigt guy, the first baseman guy, like beer league softball guy. So Talkman's having a great year. Like they're deep, man. I think you play it by. I think the best way to go is you start Brios game one, see how the game goes, and then that's maybe going to determine. Maybe you tell Jake Odorizzi like you're ready for tomorrow. Yeah. If yeah. we win, you're back at Target Field. Okay. And they run an opener out there. The obvious, I mean, I'm I'm Captain Obvious with this one, but the Michael Pineda thing really hoses them for this. And Kyle Gibson being not healthy. I mean, I mean, he's giving it a go and he's gotten it out, and we'll see how he does tonight. Literally, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't try to do that, but it's a top shelf pun. Uh, you know, if if he can be good, Kyle Gibson, okay, then we're talking something different here. But I think. A lot of Twins fans are down on that possibility of him now pitching, what, 15 pounds lighter, hadn't had the same control since we've seen him. The strikeout stuff hasn't been there. It's If he's 5.5 ERA, Kyle Gibson, then he can't start in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. But let's see how he does his final two outings because he's got a shot to get himself back on track, and that would help the Twins a ton, not having well, every, to worry about I mean, who opens. Everybody's ready to jettison Barrios out of there. And he, I mean, worked his way back. I, I, Looks good now. Yeah, I mean, you get you give him a look, give him some time. Definitely, I think they're gonna. I, yeah, I just I think they're gonna. You got to try to win game one. So you do everything you can to win game one, and then take you you see what it is game two. It's not unlike the Indian series where they yep. go out and they win two games and they're like, screw it, we're gonna see what we can do in this third game. Yep, with this collection of guys. Yeah. So that's been fun. the Scorner Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on baseball, and we'll probably do this like three more times in the next, well, two more times, and then they play a playoff game two weeks from tomorrow. It'll open up probably at Yankee Stadium. We'll see. Friday, October 4th. By the way, real quick, we're going to unveil these next week, but starting on Monday, uh, all day Monday, we are raising money for Union Gospel Mission. It's called the Scornorth Mission for Meals. We're raising money to feed homeless people. And we have an amazing Twins playoff package that we are putting up for auction on Monday at scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Four tickets to the Twins' first home playoff game. Luxury transportation. And also a sit-in with this show. You can come in and hang out with us. Glenn Perkins, Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore. And a $200 also dinner voucher at Red Cow Red Rabbit. So keep your eye on scorenorth.com slash mission for meals on Monday if you want to bid. Thanks for listening. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. 
like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.